welcome to the Prophecy Club, and today is Christmas Eve, and I still have to make programs, but the the family, as you may well expect, is heading over, and we are getting ready for all of the Christmas festivities. So let me just say, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your entire family, and may you have a very, very prosperous and healthy and happy 2020. So I don't have a whole lot of time to make a broadcast today, so... Back in February, I was on the Omega Man radio program, and I said some things that I had planned to bring to Prophecy Club, and today is the day that I'm going to bring them to you. And these are some of the revelations that I got in the process of memorizing the book of Revelation and then writing the book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, which, of course, you can get at prophecyclub.com. So now I'm going to play excerpts from that radio program with Omega Man Radio. It says, And they brought him near before the Ancient of Days, and it was given him a kingdom and glory and dominion, that all people shall serve and obey him, and his kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion from generation to generation. I didn't quote that right, but that's it's a pretty good summary of that area. Anyway, so they go up there to the marriage supper of the Lamb, those who are ready. And we, the bride, only get two things. We get a wedding garment and a white horse, which we will ride about four months later back for Armageddon, which we'll get to in a second. Then Jesus is comes near before the ancient of days, and the Father gives him many crowns. He's crowned uh, with many crowns. He's given a vesture dipped in his own blood. I'll come back to that in a second. And a white horse. He is then crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. He changes from being the Lamb of God to being the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He changes from being the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to being the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then, about four months later, it's now trumpets. It's the grape harvest. It's Armageddon. Jesus, as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, is now returning to the earth. And this is where it and it says, Oh, let me see if I can quote that. Um, and the armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, clean and white. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and they should rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth out the winepress and the wrath of Almighty God. So this is Jesus now returning to burn up all the tares. And with him there's two other angels that also return with him. They have sharp sickles. And this is where it says, and he is set upon a cloud, uh, and it said to him, thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he thrust in his sickle, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple of heaven. And another angel came out of the altar, having power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, thrust, <clears throat> thrust in thy sickle and reap. And gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And he thrust in his sickle and gathered the clusters of the vine of the earth and cast them into the great wine press of God, which is trodden without the city. And blood came out of the wine press, even out of the horse bridles, under the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. That is Armageddon. So what happens on Armageddon? These two angels slice the grapes, crush the grapes. That's the reason the blood comes out of the wine press. Under the spa, uh, for under the uh, for a thousand six hundred prolongs, and Jesus uses the morning star. Now that's another one of my revelations. 
So let's talk about the Morning Star, then I'll come back and explain what happens there. You remember in, I think it's Revelation 3, it's uh, the letter to the church in Thyatira. And he says, and he that keepeth my works to the end, excuse me, the, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And as the vessels of the potter, they should be broken to shivers, shivers or ashes, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. So what is the morning star? Well, the two angels, the, the two witnesses also have it. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man hurt them, he must be in this manner killed. So the morning star is a light sword that comes out of their mouth. That's the reason it says Jesus brandishes his sword with the breath of his nostrils. That's when it says, and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth. And their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse in his army. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet, which wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that had received the mark and worshipped his image. And these both were cast alive in the lake that burned with the fire and brimstone. And the, here it is. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That's the reason. The scripture says, and as the lightning shineth even from uh, from the east unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Meaning, if you're on earth, when you see Jesus return on trumpets using the morning star, he is hitting all of the tares with the light sword. It would appear like lightning shining even out of the east under the west. In other words, you'd see laser streaks, light streaks, as this light sword hits the tares. And as it hits the tares, Zechariah fourteen twelve says, this shall be the plague of them that have fought against us. Their eyes shall consume out of their socket. The tongue shall consume out of the mouth. The flesh consume off the bones before the soldiers can even hit the ground. And that's... The tares. That's Armageddon. So Jesus burns the tares. What's the difference between the tares and the grapes? I have people ask me. Well, grape nations are those nations that have almost no Christians. In a grape vineyard, you don't see tares growing. Tares grow among the wheat. See, I lived in Kansas for 22 years, so I can tell you a little bit about how they grow wheat. So the harvester goes out and throws the seeds. And you remember the story of the parable. And he says, uh, uh, the enemy has come in in the middle of the night and sown tares among the wheat. Should we pull up the tares? He says, no, no, no. Lest you pull up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until what? The harvest. Why? Because as the tares and the wheat are growing up together, they live together. They go to the same church together. They sit in the same pews together. They work in the same companies together. They drive the same cars. They go to the same ballparks because they look like a wheat. But you can't tell it. See, a tear looks like wheat until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, the wheat has fruit, heavy fruit. And so it forces the top of the wheat to bend over, whereas the tear seeds are very, very small, and they stand up with pride. And so the farmer can look out into the wheat field and he can easily spot the tares. So the very first thing he does is go into the wheat field and he carefully 
gathers all of the tares because one of those tare seeds is very, very bitter. One tare seed gets into his flower and it ruins it. So he's very careful to get all of the tares. So he grabs all of the tares, pulls them up, binds them into bundles, casts them into the fire. Then he gathers the wheat into the barn. Well, that's just what Matthew thirteen thirty says. Gather you first the tares, bind them into bundles, cast them into the fire. Then gather my wheat into the barn. All of that is a picture of the day of the Lord. On that day, that is the judgment seat of Christ, dead or alive. All in Christ are judged. Everybody, 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 everybody that has ever asked Jesus into their heart. All dead or alive, they all appear on the judgment. Jesus said, my reward is with me to give to every man according as his works shall be. So on that day, that's when we get to see everything all the way back to Adam with those people. Of course, it wouldn't go to all the way Adam because they haven't all accepted Christ. But everyone's, everyone's accepted Christ. We get to see everything they've done except what is covered with the garment. And hopefully everybody is covered with the garment. But, of course, we know they aren't all covered with the garment. So this is where all of the rewards are handed out. Now, there's one group of people that doesn't fit in. You mean Leviticus says that the farmer was told he was not to uh, glean the wheat out of the corners of the field. He has leave the corners of the field. Well, Jesus leaves the corners of the field also. And there's a place, several places in the Bible where it talks about the nations. So who are the nations? The nations are those misfits those bandits, those banditos, those bikers, those outcasts that never accepted Jesus. But they never joined society either. They never took the mark of the beast. So they are the unharvested group. So on trumpets, they are informed, since they didn't take the mark, they're not destroyed. Since they didn't receive Jesus, their name's not in the book of life, they don't get eternal life either. And they're told, okay, here's the deal. You are allowed to live up to 1,000 years. But if you break any one of the laws, you are instantly destroyed. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those beheaded for the witness of Jesus, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark on their forehead, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a 1,000 years. Those are the morning star judges. And those that shall turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. There are some people who keepeth his works to the end that will get the morning star. That is the light sword. They literally blow out of their mouth. And as that light hits one of those people whose name is not in the book of life, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. Instant judgment destroying both body and soul instantly. At the same time, then 10 days later. Oh, by the way, it's, I know it's a couple of things else I have to say there. So I'm kind of already into explaining my chart. Uh, so on this day, we're still talking about trumpets. It says the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's right. It does. Now, there was a first resurrection there on Pentecost. And there's actually four resurrections. The first fruits of Pentecost, trumpets and atonement. There are four resurrections of the dead. This is one of the resurrections. So the dead in Christ shall rise first, and they rise to get their judgment or their reward. Be it, you know, I counsel thee to buy me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, 
that now must be closed so that the shame and the nakedness do not appear. That's what it's talking about. So they come out of the ground and they're instantly judged. Some have their works burned up. Some are able to enter in, but they have no works. And then others uh, are still alive. Then we were, which are alive and remain, should be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now we don't continually stay in the Lord or in the air with the Lord, but we meet him in the air. And that's if we're still alive. So then let's talk about 10 days later. Now it's atonement. Atonement. This is the great white throne. This is for the dead, not in Christ. Jesus, once again, is the judge. How do you know Jesus is the judge? Because the Bible says that the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment unto the Son. This is the fulfillment of, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which are in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's atonement. So at this point, everybody, 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 (laughs) all the way back to Adam, has all been judged. The nations are told you can live a thousand years, but you sin and you're toast. Then the trumpets is the judgment seat of Christ. All in Christ are judged. Ten days later is atonement, the judgment of the dead. This would be like Adam, Eve, Samuel, David, all of those guys report on atonement. Then five days later, it's tabernacles. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any pain, for the former things are passed away. you have a comment? Brother Stan, this is amazing. Talk about studying to show yourself approved, brother. You know, you have not handled this lightly. You have been in there studying the scriptures diligently. Folks, if you're just joining us, we are live tonight with Pastor Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club. And I want to take just a break here for a moment. Brother Stan, um, before we continue, you have this as a book. Where do people go to get it? Yes, sir. Uh, You can go to Amazon.com. But I don't recommend it because the charts are half the size and they're black and white. If you want the nice book for the same price, you go to prophecyclub.com. One for $20. Don't do that. Instead, get at least five for $30 or the best deal is 10 for 55. If you have a church, you might get the church deal and that's a case of 60 books for $250. Let me say it again. One for 20. I don't want you to get one. (laughs) I want you to get at least five for 30. Basically, I'm giving you four more books so you can hand them around to your friends. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. You can also watch our DVDs at watchprophecyclub.com, but of course, the, uh, the book is not there. Now, as I said, one of the visions was that some things cannot be learned by audio or video. It's just too deep. And that's the reason the book is, or the Bible is written. Well, that's the reason he said this book needs to be written. 
because it's just too deep. So uh, let me read for you some of the comments that people say uh, about the book. Okay, so a couple of things here he says. Uh, I have to tell you this one story. So I was uh, sitting down. I was in line for people coming up, and I was signing their books. And this one lady steps up. She says, I got to tell you, I got your skinny little book in the mail. And she says, I'm an avid reader. I read three or four books a week. She says, I saw your skinny little book, and I thought, I'll blow through that in three hours. She says, that was two weeks ago. <laughs> See, because I make the book. Now, your normal book has forty to 50,000 words. It uses thick yellow paper so they can raise the price. I don't do that. The book is actually 85,000 words, but we put it in two columns because it's easier to read that way. It's bright white paper, makes it easy to read, but the book is six inches by nine inches. Why? Because the average Bible is six by nine. That makes it easy, and it's a thin book, so you can carry it with your Bible, because this is not a read-once-put-on-the-shelf book. This is a book, This it's a reference. You're going to be carrying this, you're going to be taking this church, and you'll, you'll probably give a book to your pastor. And you'll probably say, Pastor, you got to see these charts, because on the back part, it's like, Nine inches tall, but 12 inches wide. There's these two charts. One is the seven trumpets, seven, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. And then the other one is the feasts and the, the revelation or the prophecies overlaid on them. And now the chart I've been talking about tonight is what I call the feasts chart or the seven appointments of, of God chart. And by, by opening this up, you can, you can read the book and you can look back and forth at the charts. I also had this thing on, YouTube, where you can watch me explaining this all over again. I mean, not as much detail as I covered tonight, though. Anyway, one for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. I recommend you at least get 10 for 55. I mean, five bucks for a book. You know, I mean, just just knowing that the seven seals play over seven years, seven trumpets, seven months, seven vials, seven days, that's worth the five bucks. That's, obviously, I'm not trying to make money on the book because nobody sells them this way. I mean, I've never heard anybody else sell our books this way. But I'm doing this because I want to get the word out. And that's the reason I'll tell you flat out, you don't know anything in my book. And I think I'm pretty confident to say that. I know it's an arrogant-sounding statement, but I'm only saying that because I love you and I want everybody to get this book. There is not another book like this one. Matter of fact, one of the prophetic words <clears> – <throat> I'll read some of the comments in a second – one of the prophetic words talking about this book had a guy give me a prophecy. He didn't even know I was writing a book, much less saying this. And he said, there is a lock that have put over a word in the book of Revelation. And I'm going to unseal that lock to you. And you will write a book. And it will make so many books on the end times obsolete books. That's this book. You do not know what is in this book. I'm going to say you probably don't know anything that is in this book. It's not, that's what people say. They say it's not complicated, but it's deep. Here's one of the comments. Um, <laughs> let me skip down here. I was, I, that was something else. Uh, comments. Okay. Here's my thoughts on this wonderful book. It's easy to read, surprisingly, easy to understand. I must say that up to this point, I, it wasn't that, I wasn't this clear in understanding much of the book of Revelation. But my spirit bears witness that Stan has perfectly assembled all the pieces in one final masterpiece of events. Here's another one. Reading the book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, has been a supernatural experience for me. 
I actually feel the anointing increasing in my spirit as I read it, and the words and the proper correctiveness. This has created an unusual phenomena of compelling me to want to keep going back over and over, rereading it again. That's another thing. Everybody reads the book, says, now i got to read it again. <laughs> Everybody, they read it two or three times because, again, it's not a book of like entertainment. Uh, here's another thing. If you are a watchman, and if you're listening to this program, you're probably a watchman. You might not have been, how do we say, activated yet, but as the trouble hits, as the end time hits, the Spirit of God is going to come on you people, and you're going to have to give an answer. If you have this book, I don't care who you are. I don't care what pastor might come to you and say, oh, no, you're some kind of knucklehead. you got screwball ideas. You don't know what you're talking about on these end times. It didn't happen this way. You have my book? They can't say that to you because you know more about Bible prophecy than anybody else you will run into when you know what is in my book. And I think from what I've been talking about tonight, you're probably saying, yeah, it sounds like it. So uh, prophecyclub.com, one for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. Stan, that is a fantastic offer. It gets cheaper the more books you get. Folks, you right. got to get this book. We're talking with Pastor Stan Johnson tonight about his new book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. You know, I was thinking that um, clearly God has uh, is opening the books that have been sealed for thousands of years because you're right. Um you could be reading something and not understand it. But then when the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate it, all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, I've read that before. I didn't pick up on that last time. That's what he did with you. He's literally um, unsealing these books, Brother Stan. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> From what you had understood that I was going to be talking on versus what I talked on, what's the difference? What were you expecting and what did you get? Well, I realize that I know very little. And what you've been talking about tonight, um, I didn't see. You know, I think part of the problem, Stan, is uh, many of us that have grown up in the church, uh, myself, most of my life's been in church. I'll be 50 this year. Uh, but raised in the church of God, uh, they love the Lord. They w were expecting to see Jesus maybe come back tonight after church <laughs> and be ready. Um, oh. And, you know, that's okay. I, one thing it, it kept me is uh, remembering to be ready to meet Jesus at all times. But, you know, they um, they read the same books others had, and they had, they had drawn some conclusions that, uh, you know, people meant well, but they were off on many things. And um, that that's pro probably part of the biggest problem for those of us that have been in the church is to overcome some of these uh, teachings that, have just been drilled into us, you know, uh, for so long, but they don't really hold up to the scrutiny of Scripture. I, I want to, one thing I wanted to uh, say is, uh, you know, but what God is showing you is the Word. And you've got to have a key to be able to unlock it. He's got to be able to open your eyes to be able to understand what He's talking about here. And I realize that I understand very little. Um, I'm so excited you got this book written and published. I'm ordering a copy tonight. I'm going to get the Kindle immediately, then I'm going to order a hard copy. But you know, um, you were talking about uh, the separating the wheat from the chaff. You know, right. separating the thorns. I mean, you know, the, the wheat from the chaff, uh, the tares rather, not the thorns. You don't have tares with grapes. It's with wheat. Correct. And I, I hadn't thought about that. 
It makes perfect sense now that you said that. But there's a very big difference between the grapes and the wheat, isn't there? Absolutely. <laughs> um, we have babies here in the house, so we got a little bit of background noise. You'll have to bear with us. Uh, we are a children-friendly uh, show, so bring your children and your dogs. <laughs> Something's going on sure. downstairs. Um, praise the Lord. Okay. Well, um, Brother Stan, what do you think about the, the Reaper Angels? As it relates to um, all those that said, hey, uh, you know, one left in the bed, one taken. One in the field working, one taken. I want to be the first one out. Do we want to be the first one out? No. No, you don't, actually. Uh, because, <clears throat> see, Luke twenty-one thirty-six is one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. The pre-tribbers want to use that to prove that they don't have to go through this. Let me quote the verse. Watch ye therefore... And pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. What's that talking about? Well, it's not talking about escaping the tribulation. It's talking about escaping the burning. Because in Revelation chapter 6, and I beheld, and I'm sorry, there's noise in the background distracting me. And I beheld, and the sun and the moon became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon and the, uh, the stars withdraw their shining. I, I'm sorry, there was background noise distracting me. Um, my wife running a, a tub here in the, in the background. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can find the verse. Maybe I can quote it there. I'm distracted now. Um, oh, oh, okay. And he says, The rain of the holds and rocks, and said of the rocks, halt, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sat upon the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who should be able to stand? So stand means that you made it through the burning, and you didn't have your works burned up, or at least you weren't burned up. That's the reason the Bible says, uh, it says, uh, Behold, it comes a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they cease his shame. That happens literally, so, let me get this right, the 72 hours before Jesus returns. This is the day before Armageddon. The literal day, he says that, because in the very next verse it says, and he gathered them into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So here it is, Jesus is saying, behold, it comes a thief. The day before Armageddon, they still have a chance to get saved. But, of course, a lot of them still will not be saved. That's okay, he's got a plan for them there. They're the ones that are not harvested, but they don't get an eternal body either. Back to you. This is amazing. Folks, we're live with Pastor Stan Johnson. Um, and there, there's a lot more uh, to speak about, folks, than we could hope to even cover tonight. But if you've got a question for Pastor Stan, we'll throw it at him. Now, um, Brother Stan, many people here in 2019 are looking for um, the Antichrist to rise. Some are even talking about the temple is going to be rebuilt. Do you go into that here in this book? Any thoughts on that? But I am writing another book that is just about completed, and it's called Miss the Mark. Don't take the mark of the beast. Download our free app from the App Store. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end-time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, 
the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 The secret door to understand Bible prophecy at prophecyclub.com. The easiest way to listen and watch Prophecy Club YouTube videos is to download our free app from the App Store. This is not to be confused with WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch 26 years and over 300 DVDs for a subscription of $20 a month or $200 a year. I've got good news. We are going to offer the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade next year, April 8th through the 12th in 2020. Find out more about it by going to SevenfoldMiracleCrusades.com. 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 You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings without interruption. The introductory rate, $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. You get the first three days free just to check it out. Watch prophecyclub.com. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support. <laughs> 